Welcome to our Mindfulness Podcast. Each week we will have a different podcast, different speakers, different chants, different Dharma talks. But mindfulness practice in Buddhism helps us focus and helps us be aware. And this program will consist of many different ways of meditating. We usually begin with bowing or gasho, then we prepare to sit, and we will sit for approximately 10 minutes. And then we will either stand and walk for another five minutes to kind of get blood into our legs again and and, uh, relax our muscles. And then we'll sit for another 10 approximately. And then we will chant, which is another form of meditation. Uh, We focus on the characters and we pronounce the sounds as a group. And it's a kind of a ritual of oneness. And then after that, we'll have a short Dharma talk of about five to 10 minutes. And then we'll close with Gasho. And this also includes offering incense. We offer incense, but you could also light the incense before the service starts. And this is kind of the program uh, of how our meditation services proceed. And so we will be getting underway today uh, with our program. Thank you very much. Before we begin our sitting meditation, you may choose to sit on a cushion or you may choose to sit in a chair, either is fine. First we'll center ourselves so that our back is straight. If you're sitting in a chair, you may want to sit forward in the chair and not use the backrest. This forces you to sit upright on your own. So if you're sitting in the chair, place your feet flat on the floor, place your hands on your thighs, And first we're going to gently rock from side to side. Gently rock from side to side. Gradually make that movement smaller like a pendulum that's coming to rest. And you will sense or feel your balance point left and right. Now do the same forward and back. Gently rock forward and back, forward and back gradually making that movement smaller and find your center point of balance forward and back. Now you're centered, your back is straight, you're balanced. Your chin is tucked down slightly. Your eyes are half open and half closed. Don't close your eyes completely during meditation. Half open and half closed looking slightly down a few feet ahead of you. Hand position, place your left hand into the palm of your right hand and your thumbs are touching, uh, forming a circle as if you were gently holding an egg perhaps and place your hands uh, over your navel area. Be relaxed, don't be tense during meditation. So you may want to raise your shoulders up and drop them down to relax your shoulders before we begin our first sitting meditation. Once you're settled, centered, and grounded, then at the sound of the bell, we'll begin our first sitting meditation.
Put your hands together in Gosho and bow. Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles, Naman doubles. You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world. Waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most, in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman We will now begin our chanting segment. Chanting is another form of meditation. Through chanting, we have to be present in the moment as we concentrate on each syllable that's presented before us. It is a way for us to calm our minds and to be in the here and now. Today, I like to chant in Sambujo. You can turn to page 29 of OCBC uh, service book if you have. In Sambujo, English title is Three Respectful Callings. So I want to explain uh, three respectful callings. So we welcome Amida Buddha. The translation says, We respectfully welcome Amida Buddha to our temple as we scatter flowers of joy. And we respectfully welcome Shakamuni Buddha to our temple as we scatter flowers of joy. And we respectfully welcome the Buddhas of all times and places to our temple as we scatter flowers of joy. So we welcome first Amida Buddha, second Jagamuni Buddha, and third all the Buddhas residing in ten directions of all times and places that we are saying. So this Sambujo is chanted in any occasion, particularly uh, at the beginning of service, memorial service, and funeral, and wedding, anytime at the opening. So join me chanting a Sambujo together. First, join me Gashio, please put your palms together. We say, Namo Amidabutsu. We called Amida Buddha's name together. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Bow.
It is very difficult for a Buddhist to discuss morals and ethics with a Christian audience. We could refer to them as Buddhist precepts instead, but this only postpones the debate. Changing terms does not really resolve the confusion. There are two reasons for this confusion. First, Buddhism does not have a god that judges our actions as right and wrong. Thus, our behavior plays a different role than in Christianity. Second, there are two different paths in Buddhism. One is aimed at acquiring mental discipline and the other at realizing insight. In the West, We tend to focus on the former since it seems to more closely resemble Christian practices. But we can also find an example of the path of insight within the literary works of Charles Dickens. It is the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Certainly, acquiring mental discipline and realizing insight are related to one another. Ideally, we really need to do both. It is difficult to realize insight into things just as they are if we are often irrational and emotional. It is also difficult to behave properly if our views are distorted and diluted. But doing both is difficult. Each path takes a lot of effort. Historically, Buddhists have had to specialize by choosing one of these two approaches in order to realize success. Sometimes we make this choice, and sometimes it is made for us. Monastic Buddhist schools tended to emphasize the path of discipline, Monastic life is one that separates us from the interruptions of everyday life. This makes the cultivation of discipline much more effective. While the more lay-oriented Buddhist schools focus on insight within the hustle and bustle of everyday life, from my experience as a householder, this is the only path available to me. I cannot choose to be a monastic. Life has chosen Pure Land Buddhism for me. This is my karma. So how do these two paths work? They both end with awakening, but how? The path of discipline clears the mind by removing the behaviors that cause the mind to become distorted and diluted. One might say we fake it until we become it. Our minds become conditioned through mindfulness rather than through mindlessness. The path of insight succeeds by overwhelming our minds with true reality. Rather than trying to remove our negative seeds, We are instead overwhelmed by the positive ones that are all around us. We only need to be aware of them. Pure Line Buddhism even goes so far as to say that disciplining the mind is not a prerequisite for awakening. This is due to the overwhelming power of true reality. 
It is a reality that is manifesting all around us, even in our everyday lives, or perhaps we should say, especially in our everyday lives. This means that both the good and the bad are receiving this awakening activity. But this may not seem fair. Why should bad people also benefit? I tend to see it the other way around. It merely reflects the efficacy of the Pure Land Path. It gives me hope. If it can work for Ebenezer Scrooge, then it can also work for me. This is my favorite Western example for the power of insight, and it can be found in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It is about the miserly Ebenezer Scrooge. He is the evil person. He has no family or friends. He lives in his own self-contained and self-created world of suffering. Then one night, after eating some bad porridge, he is visited by the three ghosts of Christmas. The first is from the past, the second is from the present, and the third is from the future. These visitations can be read literally, but I believe they actually represent his true self trying to work things out within his own mind. Dickens emphasizes this with the bad porridge. Thus, Ebenezer retires with an upset stomach and an unsettled mind, which causes him to sleep poorly and dream. I would suggest interpreting these three ghosts as metaphors for his spiritual realization. He learned several important lessons during the night. From the ghost of Christmas past, he is forced to reevaluate his relationships with his cold father and warm sister. He also sees that he gave up love for money. The ghost of Christmas present shows Ebenezer that his resentment for his nephew Fred is due to the death of his beloved sister. Ebenezer realizes that Fred looks exactly like his sister Fawn, who died during childbirth with Fred. In this moment, Ebenezer comes to love Fred as he would have loved Fawn if she was still alive. From the ghost of Christmas future, he sees that he will die a man who has wasted his life. He sees where his life is heading. This is his karma. We too learn something from these visitations. Ebenezer never decided to do evil. He merely made a lot of small decisions that led to a path of suffering. When viewed in isolation, each decision he made in life seems reasonable. But when viewed in context, they took his life in a very unpredictable trajectory. It is uncomfortable realizing this. It often cuts too close to home. One wonders what mindless decisions have we made. Often it is Ebenezer's ignorance that has led to his immorality. It is due to his obliviousness rather than any inherent evilness. When Ebenezer awakens that morning, he also has an awakening experience. I think Dickens is playing on the similarity of these two events. Ebenezer is now truly awake. There is no moral or ethical basis for Ebenezer's awakening. There was no discipline, only insight. It is an insight that can turn a Scrooge into a Buddha. It is that powerful. And for that, Ebenezer is forever thankful for such a wonderful gift. Please join me in Gasho. Namandouts, 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 namandouts. This concludes our podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and gained something from this segment. Please join us again, and thank you. Finding meaning in mortality is something we're all searching for, and it can be found today by the same title on the Tricycle website 
It's a series of video lectures given by our head minister, Reverend Marvin Harada. The first is called Touching the Timeless, about 14 minutes and 40 seconds long. Then The Coffin Man, about 11 minutes. The third video, the Nembutsu, is another 15 minutes. And Ichigo Ichie is about another 10 and a half minutes. So these are four free videos you can find and watch at your own pace at Tricycle under Finding Meaning and Mortality by Reverend Marvin Harada. Today's program was presented by Reverend Marvin Harada, Reverend Dr. Mutsumi Wanjura, Reverend John Turner, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Executive Producers Reverend Marvin Harada and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. Copyright 2019, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. We hope you'll join us for future podcasts, or please check out our Buddhist online program at everydaybuddhist.org. Our website is ocbuddhist.org. There are Dharma messages that you can read on the website, and the online program has a number of Buddhist education courses from introductory level to the study of Buddhist texts. If you've never attended one of our meditation services, we are located at 909 Southdale Avenue in Anaheim. Thank you for joining us today.